Hello, I'm James King and welcome again to Cinema Stories. I hope you've been loving the podcast over the last few weeks. From the mainstream at the multiplex to the avant-garde at the art house, each week our guests have been telling us about the cinemas that have changed their lives. Lots of enjoyable nerding out going on. We've had some top fun with uh, Stephen Merchant and Miranda Sawyer and Rihanna Dillon, amongst many others. And now, an email has come flooding in saying... James, it's all well and good hearing about other people's favourite cinemas, but what about yours and producer Phil's? That's all the motivation we needed for this extra bonus show for you. Myself, plus Phil Stocker, and the cinemas that we love, adore and cherish. Phil, good to see you. How are you? Very well. Yourself? Very good, thank you. Looking forward to hearing your three movie choices, uh, cinema choices, so... Let's go for it. Why didn't you start? We're starting off. Um, I am from Windermere in the Lake District. Right. Uh, which in no way do I trade on. Um, <laughs> but um, the local cinema for us is the Royalty Cinema in Bowness. Okay. And there's a lot wrapped up in this. Basically, it's a quintessential 1930s cinema that has stayed the same. Like I think it's even still got like the air raid siren on top of the building that Windermere was ever like bombed in the war. Um <laughs> And it's beautiful, like, velour everywhere. And the wallpaper, I don't think, has changed since, like, the 1940s. There are, like, patterns sort of, like, engraved into the floor. It's got a balcony, or circle in film speak. And beautiful lighting and art deco clocks in the main auditorium. There's a lot wrapped up in this one for me. Yeah. And probably, like, my abiding memory of the royalty, I was... And this is obviously going to date me. uh, I was taken to see Return of the Jedi... At the cinema, second of June '83, <clears throat> um, I didn't. I wasn't aware of it. It was a complete surprise. My best mate's dad just like picked me up one day with my mate, and I didn't know what I was going to see. Went to see Return of the Jedi. Blew my tiny mind. Had you seen the others? No. Oh wow! So you went in on Jedi. First one I could see. Yeah. So I was five then. Right. Two words. No, hang on, three words. Speeder bikes, Ewoks. Oh, if you're five years old, Ewoks are going to be big news. I think for the for the older fans, they were a little bit annoying, weren't they, the Ewoks? But for the younger fans, and I was one myself, we're about the same age, oh, love the Ewoks. Love the Ewoks, their ability to live in the trees, you know, ability at short notice to get your head round a speeder bike, throttle, brake, <laughs> accelerate scenario. I mean, fair enough. But no, it was beautiful and it's an incredible cinema. Um... About 10 years ago, they actually, they bought, there wasn't an organ in there, but they bought an organ because the guy who owns it is like a total like cinema old school enthusiast. And he bought an organ in there. So at Christmas time, they do Christmas screening of It's a Wonderful Life. Standard, right? Uh, Included in the ticket price, you get um, a cup of mulled wine and a mince pie. And But here's the kicker. So not only can you go to a beautiful 1930s Art Deco cinema that, you know, you can still almost smell the fag smoke. You know, when I was little, I can remember going in there, one half of the auditorium was smoking, the other wasn't. What a, what a great way of separating the smokers from the non-smokers, <laughs> just with air. So that's going to work, right? But the best bit about going to watch like the Christmas screening is, and part of the USP is, they show old cinema adverts. Oh, brilliant. So, And literally, it's like ones from the 90s, the 80s, the 70s. They basically go into their back storeroom, dig out whatever they can find, and just stick them on. Yeah. And some of them, it's fair to say, I'm not sure would be shown to family audiences 
Well, they are in this context, but you look back yeah. and it's like, how did they get away with that? Cadbury's Flake, that kind of thing. Or even just like, you know, everything of like um, Jay Brownall's DIY, only 100 yards from this cinema. Like <laughs> all of that jazz, that's all on. Yeah. But it's a beautiful place. And I remember when I was at school, they took us to see Fantasia there at primary oh, yeah, school. Yeah. And obviously they were like, oh, well, it's a cartoon. The kids will like it. There's no dialogue. It's all musical instruments. I'd actually love to see that now. Yeah, it's quite trippy, isn't it? Yeah, massively so. Also, it was where I saw Indiana. Mum took us to see Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. She didn't realise how creepy and horrible it was. <laughs> Who framed Roger Rabbit? It was the cinema that I didn't get let in to see the bodyguard because it was too full. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? Kevin Costner big in the, in the lakes. Anyway, um, like I say, it's one of those places you go there and I've had an attachment to it all my life. Yeah. It's a really special place and, you know, I haven't, I haven't thought about what's going to happen to me once I exit my mortal coil of, uh, of this world. But I'd probably leave, if I don't have kids, I'd probably leave some money to that cinema. That's choice number one, the royalty in Windermere. So, number two. Yeah, uh, number two. And again, this was proper like memory banks dredge this one up. So, I went to see a mate of mine who used to work at Radio 1, um, who moved out to Amsterdam to work at Radio 3, which is like the Dutch equivalent of Radio 1, right? And we went over to visit in his new place. Me and my mate Andy went over. Like, oh, let's go over and see Ben. This would be great. And file under lost weekend, right? But one of the bits that I recall really strongly was we went to this restaurant, right? And it was this lovely, like, 1920s restaurant. Oh, this is nice. Okay, fine. I'll have a nice lunch or whatever. And Ben's like, come with me. And then after we finish our lunch, you know, it's like waiters in, like, white dining jackets and stuff like that. We walk round this corridor and down some steps, and it's this beautiful oak-panelled cinema, basically. Wow. And it's called The Movies um, Cinema in Harlem in Amsterdam. And turns out it is actually a proper cinema. I just hadn't clocked it. <laughs> so that's a good sign. And it's, uh, yeah, it dates back to 1912. So we were there, like, we had lunch, went down the corridor, this beautiful, like, um, you know, wood-panelled bar. And I was like, well, I'll have a beer and I'll have a cognac. And obviously it's one they'd, like, free-poured the cognac. Um, but we were there, and again, this dates it, but we went there. It's afternoon showing. We were the only, with three of us in the cinema, went to see The Virgin Suicides, Severe Fall oh, Coppola. One of my favourite films. Wow, that sounds cool. Now I'm jealous of that. I love Amsterdam and I love The Virgin Suicide, so that's a double whammy. And just proper notes to like the soundtrack to it as well. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, it's air, isn't it, the soundtrack? It's air. I'm showing you a photo of it. I don't know we'll if you put can this up it. actually online so everyone can see so it as well. So that's the bar area. If you scroll, oh, I'll do this. If you scroll, you can see how beautiful the interior is. Yeah. Very plush, very luxurious, and with good food as well, apparently. What's not to like? Choice number two there, the movies in Amsterdam. And your final choice, Phil? This is really tricky. Um, so now I live in that there, London. And I only discovered this, if I'm honest, like last year. So this is relatively new. Curzon in London, Mayfair, which sounds way more swanky than it is. It's quite sort of 60s, 70s, isn't it, that one? Yeah, so I, I, I blatantly went on Wikipedia. Um, built in between 1963 and 1966. Okay, I got that right. Right, so good, good vintage, good <laughs> yeah, vintage. Yeah. Um, and it's basically like you walk in, and it's as far as I can tell, it's like walking into someone's, you know, very well-to-do man-about-town flat, complete with bar ofs, from the 60s. And, you, you know, you, if you want, you can just sit around there all day in the foyer. They've got a bar. They'll do you a lunch. It's beautiful. Like, wood, loads of wood, loads of concrete. And I went there last year to see Cold War. 
And it felt really apt, actually, just like, you know, the, the, the years that the film set in and the nature of the cinema. Historic England have described it as the finest surviving cinema building of the post-war period. And it's also the least altered. So they haven't messed around with it. And, and it is like a 1960s time capsule. So, you know, they're not my words, the words of historic England there. It's a bit of class, isn't it? The Curzon ones, obviously, there are many of them, and the Curzon family, I'm sure, will be talking about other Curzon cinemas and, and go into a little bit about their history. But the Curzon cinemas are a, a bit of class in London. They show some quality films in some beautiful surroundings. It's one of those things, you're almost happy them for, to take your money off you, because you know it's sort of going to go to a good home. So we talked about the royalty in Windermere, the movies in Amsterdam, and the Curzon Mayfair in London. Uh, right, my three choices, um, you know, it could change every day, really, couldn't it? But I think personal ones. I'm going to start off with the Ipswich Film Theatre, which was what I started going to when I got into movies. And I was that person who thought, there is a local Odeon, but I want to go to the film theatre to be awkward and to be different. I was 15 at the time, you know, this I should have been going to see Lethal Weapon and things, which I did go and see. But I saw them with my mates. On the quiet, secretly, I would go to Ipswich Film Theatre to go and see art house stuff. And I was just desperate to see anything that was as weird and wonderful as possible. I didn't know enough about movies to know what I should be looking for. I didn't know enough about film reviews to know if the films I chose had been reviewed well. I just saw subtitles and weird plots and thought, yeah, I'm going to go for that just to kind of be different. Um, so it was it was calculated. It wasn't me being cool naturally. I was desperately trying to be cool. Um, but that's where they were showing. And what was great about it, and it's still there, it's under a different name now and run by different people, but the, the actual building is still there, which is in a sort of corn exchange type building. Mm-hmm. So you don't really see much from the outside. It's all downstairs and in, internal. But there is a big screen there, which is fine and very similar to a lot of big screens. But there's a second screen there, which is actually pretty small. Um, and maybe 30 to 40 seats feels intimate and certainly at the time we're talking about the 1990s here when I went that it was just a mono one speaker mono setup quite a small screen really a big screen but a small big screen and it felt like it was a cinema club it didn't feel like your regular cinema and that's exactly what I wanted it fulfilled exactly my desires by feeling intimate by feeling arty by feeling different you had to access it because it was in the basement by going down lots of stairs going down this long corridor that had all the sort of movie posters up you know eraser head and stuff like that and it just wow. felt like a kind of cult place to hang out quite literally an underground yeah it really like was. film experience yeah. And that's exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, and the films I went to see there were like that as well. Um, and actually, there was a, a, an evening class there that I joined um, a few months after I first went, where you would see a movie at the cinema during the week. And then on the second night of the week, you would go back and sit around a table and discuss it. You know, I was 15 years old and about, probably about t- at least 10 years younger than the next youngest person in this group. But um, and I don't think I even really said anything because I was just in awe of everybody. These were like grown up, you know, intellectuals, I thought anyway, grown up people with so much experience and so much knowledge. Um, but it was just my first taste really of art house cinema. And like I said, it, it wasn't, oh, I'm just so casual and cool. It was all really calculated. I sort of, you know, I'd watched uh, a lot of Woody Allen films and thought I want to be that sort of intellectual person. So um, I deliberately made the effort and I think showed myself up horribly but it was my first experience of doing it so 
also because of the the layout of the cinema as well it just felt perfect i've never been back since it's still there no. and i almost didn't go back i mean i'm in the in the town a lot but i almost didn't go back because i don't yeah. want to, to, to you know to spoil the, the memory of it very nice. So that was Ipswich Film Theatre. So, James, choice number two. Well, we're actually heading back up to the Lake District. Um, we? We're going up to Ulverston and the Laurel and Hardy Museum, um, which, again, I think has changed since I went there. I've only been there once. May well have changed location now, but I'm sure that the idea of it remains the same because obviously this is Stan Laurel's birthplace. Mm. So there's uh, a statue of him there in the town. But also the Laurel and Hardy Museum. Um, I was on holiday in the Lake Districts and I found out about this place. And I went there just for the museum, which ultimately at that point was a room with lots of memorabilia in. I wouldn't say it's exactly the Victorian Albert Museum. It's right. a little bit more homely than that. Um, but it, it seemed to fit the bill. Laurel and Hardy themselves aren't exactly the most kind of chic and uh, high-styled duo, are they? They are a bit ramshackle. Just hilarious and ramshackle. Yeah, so that's what the museum was like. So that it, it matched perfectly. And then um, I was the only one in there. This was probably in... It was certainly cold. I know that's probably most of the time in the Lake District. But yes. I, think it was, I think it was about February, March time. And I was the only one in there. And the person at the till said, do you want to watch a film? Um and I was led through to a little, you know, uh, anteroom, a very small room, but had, again, a big screen, although a small big screen. And I was the only one in there, this little tiny cinema set up. And someone put on, a, it was probably a DVD, but it could have even been a video um, yeah. of The Music Box, which is one of their most famous short movies. It, is it the piano yeah, one? The, Amazing. The, which won an Oscar, yeah, with well, the very famous one. And so it was just me in this little makeshift home cinema watching Lauren Hardy on the big screen. I hadn't paid for it. It was, you know, it's just a, a free thing. I could have sat there for hours that they were perfectly happy for me to watch as many as I wanted. And it felt so indulgent because ultimately this was a weekday. <laughs> I was thinking, here I am on my own in the cinema watching Lauren and Hardy movies. This is ideal. This is what I've always dreamed of. But uh, I can't believe that this is, you know, I'm not working at, in an office somewhere. Um so it was just a really great holiday moment, a moment of pure relaxation and indulgence and quirky, you know, odd. It is. And not like Ulverston, so it's sort of like broadly towards the west coast of Cumbria. Yeah. Um, I've got a fact for you. Okay, Ulverston fact. Ulverston, so apart from my dad spending his adult life working there, that's not the fact. Uh, the fact is, so my grandma on my mum's side my grandma Elwood um, her side of the family are from Ulverston and Granny Elwood could remember Stan Laurel wandering around Ulverston oh wow so she saw him like on the streets and remembered him from Ulverston and certainly if anybody's seen the the Stan and Ollie movie um, of recent months there there are bits where you see him going back there sort of a a hero's return a hero's welcome but uh, again it's it's somewhere i've never been back to and i almost don't want to spoil that memory Mm. but that's my choice number two a strong choice for number two there the laurel and hardy museum in ulverston god's own county of cumbria james cinema number three okay so this is actually my own home cinema can you uh, hang, hang on? Uh, can you nominate well, this? Well, I think I can because I think for, <laughs> for, for the for the future shows, you know, we're certainly not discounting home cinema setups, whether it's our guest's own or a friend's or you know whatever. But it links to the previous two ones I've chosen because when I moved house a couple of years ago, got a garage with the house, and um, I'm not really a car person. I'm not really a kind of 
tool person right no funny <laughs> you know, that yeah um my dad was like this is brilliant you've got a garage i can kid it out and put shelves up and you can have all your tools and workbenches and things and i'm thinking nah, that's probably not really me uh but we didn't really <laughs> you know this is me, myself and my wife we didn't really know what to do with the garage and then i just thought you know what indulgence again it goes back to that word let's just do something we've always dreamed of doing and just turn it into a home cinema when you say we did you is that really you (laughs) how much did you have to lobby for this there was a bit of lobbying there was a bit of lobbying but uh ultimately we were both in agreement excellent it's that kind of relationship phil um and you know if you want to kit out your home cinema you there are you can spend an infinite amount of money and there are many people who have got millions in the bank who have fabulous home cinemas that resemble the you know the poshest proper cinema mm. you could ever imagine and i don't have that kind of money so i just thought what i want to do harking back to both the laurel and hardy museum and the ipswich film theater is do something that just feels a bit more intimate and ramshackle and quirky and so um, painted the walls of the garage, put a bit of insulation in, stuck some movie posters on the wall, hmm. and then installed the big screen in the projector uh, with an old sofa in there. So, you know, it's still like a garage. It's a concrete floor, but it feels like, a, well, I, I call it the movie shack because it has that kind of shack feel to it. You're never going to think you're in a proper cinema, yeah. but at the same time, it's not a garage anymore. And when you actually put a movie on, switch the lights off, put a movie on, on the big screen, pull down the, the screen and stick the projector on, you know, it's great. And um, it's kind of what I've always dreamed of. And it really does go back to that tiny little cinema in Ipswich I used to go to. And even that day I spent watching Lauren and Hardy shorts, um, that there's just that feeling of indulgence about it. And you kind of go, right, you know, let's go out here for the evening and just stick on a couple of movies put some blankets on over, you know, over us as we cuddle up on the sofa. And that's just a great night. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'd love to. Or a tricky one to decide, like, what posters you put on the wall. Yes, there are posters of my favourite films. There are record sleeves, so soundtrack albums, you know, 12-inch. Oh, yeah. I framed some of them of soundtracks. Uh, so there's, like, Baby Driver up there, and there's uh, Saturday Night Fever is up there. Police Academy 3. Police Academy 3, yeah. (laughs) It's missing that one. Um, There's posters for Point Break is up there and Ferris Bueller and Jaws and The Breakfast Club. So lots of different things. But yeah, it's very personal and it really is... I still think my parents don't quite get it. Why why we're not putting the car in there (laughs) or my workbench. But, you know, you just reach a point where you go, this is what I've always dreamed of. Now I'm going to do it. Can I add a final quick nomination? If, we, if we're in the home cinema yeah. frame, this doesn't really count. But did I ever tell you about the time we went round to Michael Winner's house? <laughs> this is a whole episode, isn't I mean, it? I could probably do a whole episode. Yeah. I doubt that my one is anything like Winner's. Well, <laughs> Winner's home cinema, there was lots of signed photos of himself with just people like the famouses yeah. from around the world. My good friend, John Cleese. Yeah, no, all of that. He literally, like, photos of him with like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and like Maggie Thatcher. It's like, yeah. couldn't move for it. it was, um, but his home cinema, I was like, I'll give him that. It's like, he did that properly, did Winner. Yeah. That was not amateur hour. Yeah. Winner's cinema. Um, it backs on the to... The Winner Oh, that's good. It backs onto a gym, and he took us. He told us some inordinate length of just how long it took Arnold Schwarzenegger to um, do a gym workout in his gym and his pool, which is adjacent to the cinema. Well, with mine, think more 
Laurel and Hardy Museum than Michael <laughs> Winner's <laughs> private cinema. Um, but, but very nice. Um, maybe someone will choose that. Who knows? I almost want to go back and amend one of yeah. mine. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, listen, thank you so much, Phil, for that. Just to remind you that we'd love to hear your feedback on the show. So please do give us your reviews. And we're on Instagram and Twitter. We are Cinema Stories Pod. Cinema Stories Pod, all one word, on Instagram and Twitter. And we will be back with proper episodes with some actual guests telling us about their three favourite cinemas, their movie-going history. And we're having a good film chat with all of them. So uh, please do join us again for that. Mm-hmm.